This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. I think we've done okay. No more than okay. No worse than okay. Um, You know, we've... As I said, the start of the season was was a, a strange one um, with the injuries we had at that time and the players that were brought in. Um, yeah, I'm sat here having lost four of the eight, and I don't think we've deserved to lose four out of the eight. Um, you know, so again, that will even itself out. You know, we've had some really good performances. Possibly the best performance has been a three 0 defeat to Chelsea. Um, mm. You know, so we'll keep working on becoming a consistent team and when we do that we'll be consistent throughout this league Welcome to the My Old Man Said podcast. It's something for the weekend time as we approach uh, Friday night festivities against Arsenal. Joining me to uh, discuss that and catch up on uh, what's been happening since the main show, Mr. Chris Bird. Welcome back. Hello, how are you? All right, I've almost got over the uh, that last 10 minutes Villa Park Twilight Zone uh, moment. Have you uh, processed that now? Uh, just about. It'll sit better if we get the win at Arsenal. It's just one of those results that you know uh, the top teams don't give away. Not in that, not in that manner to that sort of team. It's kind of smelling mid-table-ish type uh, yeah. shenanigans. But uh, anyway, let's let's move on from that. If you are new to the podcast, this is just uh, our. Uh, quick catch up something for the weekend if you want to uh, get a taster of the uh, main show then check out 167 for starters and work backwards all right uh, the tradition to catch up to bring us up to speed is uh, to do a villa minute and through the post i got sent a couple of hublot watches uh, 
Yours, yours is in the post. Uh, oh, thanks for that. But, <laughs> it's been in the post a while, this one, hasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't mention it to Phil Shaw. They're kindly sponsoring the Villa Minute uh, this week. So uh, we'll use this to uh, record the minute. Uh, they're not really. <laughs> not yet, anyway. <laughs> right, Go. Villa return after the international break with a visit of the Dogheads and a return to Villa Park for the first time in 28 days. Luis and Martinez pop out of their quarantine bubbles to start, regardless of a quick turnaround from international duty. Despite big chances for Ings and Adama Traore, the first half is largely forgettable as a tactical stalemate ploughs out, with neither side sharp enough in possession to break through. Villa fly out of the traps in the second half with McGinn picking out Ings for a pitcher book header, then follows it up with a deflected thunderbolt from the edge of the box as Villa take control and are cruising at 2-0 going into the last 10 minutes. More goals look likely, for Villa that is. What could go wrong? Surely the old cliche of 2-0 being the worst lead to defend isn't true. Cue Villa hitting the self-destruct button as Villa's game management is laughable. Five minutes later. 2-2. Cue mass exodus as Villa throw away two points. Hang on a minute. The Dogheads get an injury time free kick. Ruben Neves scuffs his free kick, but Matt Target is on hand for the second game in succession to wrongfoot Martinez. This time with a deflection and the ball trickles into the empty net. Somehow Villa snatched defeat from the jaws of victory in mind-blowing fashion. Oh, that, that Villa minute almost makes that last ten minutes sound fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a soap opera. It was far from fun. It was like it was like just suddenly you'd been feasting on a on a nice meal after being famished. And Which then we were. <laughs> within ten minutes you, you suddenly felt emptied out it's, it's like you're, you're too uh, perplexed to actually be angry it was weird it was it was almost nu- like the ending of the latest bond film it was like an uh, i haven't seen it oh it was uh, it was a numb numbing uh numbed experience it was so. bad enough at two all three two was just like whatever but anyway uh Fast forward, Smith's had a few days of uh, reflection and uh, he was obviously pissed off after the game. He seems a bit more uh, philosophical about it now. He says, I've played Wolves five times as a manager and that's the most comfortable I've been in a, a game against them. We probably uh, didn't deserve to be two goals up, but a goal up at least. It wasn't a collapse. We had to defend a couple of soft free kicks and corners and we won the first contact on most. Sometimes there's randomness in football that can happen. After the second goal, we were the team that looked likely to score the winner. Right. There was some fortune in their winner, a free kick that's going wide and deflects in. You get what you deserve over a season, and we didn't get what we deserved over that one game. On the whole, I was pleased with parts of our game. Kind of fair, I would say. The last I'd 10 be minutes fuming is still. Yeah. <laughs> I would say if that defence flakes out again, they're all off to uh, St Andrews on a free transfer. They're off to rebuild the roof. I mean, you, you've got to play a system a few times to get it's, it down. It's, it's people not doing their jobs, those three goals. And the third yes. goal is kind of one of those ones. It, it happens, doesn't it? I, I, I accept him saying that. It's just fortunate and... But when you've when you've collapsed the way you have and that and you get that free kick against you in the last minute, you kind of know what's going to happen. Yeah, but the second goal was uh, fucking appalling. Anyway, we've uh, we've been through this. I suppose it's you know trying to pick positives for your team uh, to go on because obviously they've analysed the game and uh, you know, a little bit of pressure now because uh, Arsenal, uh, while we are doing pretty well in recent games against them, it's uh, it's, it's a tough trip and uh you know if arsenal win that's three defeats on the trot for villa mm. and uh the old uh knee-jerk boys will be out and they're already out after uh that wolves game 
Yeah, big time. I think Villa got a bit of a hall pass, didn't they, for the Tottenham one because they'd won at Old Trafford and the way they performed against Everton. But the Wolves one has certainly sent a few alarm bells ringing with the overreactors. Yeah, I think I think there's this little bit of complacency in both supporters and yeah. uh, the players uh, in that Wolves game. If that was, uh, you know, if that was against Manchester United or Liverpool, we're two 0 up. I think there would have been a hell of a lot more focus from the players, especially, and uh, you know, the fans would have stayed. And because we were so comfortable, I think the players sort of came on thinking, oh, this is all right, we'll just see it out. And they clearly didn't. Yeah. Uh, in terms of uh, injuries, uh, Smith has said Matty Cash's uh, dead leg, which caused him to come off against Wolves, uh, isn't a problem uh, now. He's been back training and he's fine, so you'd expect him to start. Uh, Liam Bailey's been back training the last couple of days, so he's fine as well, as is Burton Traore. Uh, he says Keenan Davis is back training uh, I don't know if he'll make the squad, uh, is what I'm reading between that. I saw a certain journalist uh, going a bit overboard, uh, making out that he was almost like watching Bailey in training and saying he's sending keepers to the shops and everything. You know, it, it, it just it's just based on seeing somebody's Instagram story. If you read between the lines, uh, as Smith says, the likes of Liam Bailey and Bertrand Troy have come back from four or five weeks out, so we'll build up their fitness, which is a clue to suggest they uh, probably won't be starting. Bearing in mind, both of them have barely kicked a ball for us this season. Yeah, and bearing in mind, this is a Friday. Even If it was a Sunday game, those two extra days might have uh, given them a better chance of starting. But you've also got a, a situation here where I think Smith might go with the 3-5-2 again because it's away against Arsenal. Yeah, and play it safe. That, that will give him, uh, make up his mind in terms of... Uh, you know, starting Bailey from the bench. And I think and knowing that we obviously we play Friday night and then don't play until we're like the last game of the, the following game week with the West Ham game like next sort of Sunday, I think it's a 4.30 kickoff. He's got, he knows he's going to have a nice week with the players to do some real groundwork on the training ground, potentially with a fully fit squad for the first time. Yeah. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Bailey and Truray are on the bench uh, to start off with. Uh, including uh, Sanson. I mean, the way he's talking there, it's not as if he's going to ring the changes. I mean, he made a couple of changes uh, as a probably a result of the Spurs game. Buendia... Uh, yeah, obviously Twanzebe came back in, didn't he? Yeah, I think Buendia just needs games because, uh, you know, he's a proper player. You can see it in his technique. It's just a case of like tempo and getting up to the, the system and getting back used to the pace of the game. is now. There's, you could argue maybe in the Norwich side last year in the Championship, he became a bit of a flat track bully because they were just flattening teams. Yeah, but he was good in the Premier League. He was good in the Premier League. He was like their only, you know, kind of shining light in terms of creating chances or whatever. His his stats were well up there, despite Norwich being, uh, you know, piss poor in terms of uh, where they were in the league. Yeah. So I don't think it's like getting up to the speed of the game, whatever. It's just getting up to speed with uh, his teammates and, you know, vice versa. It's just, you know, getting the system down. And And the combinations, uh, isn't it? He knows once he's got combinations, he can pick a pass. Yeah. I mean, to me, it was more exciting for him to be playing uh, alongside Grealish uh, because there you've got two, you know, two schemers, imaginative footballing brains. But, you know, the likes of Bailey, if he's alongside him, Traore, you know, you've got players who can scheme. So uh, we'll, we'll see how it breaks out. But, uh, you know, as Smith did lay down in the press, co- this latest press conference, uh, this is a squad for the top half of the table. So uh, once he's these players have got games under their belt. I think he's got some decent options and uh, we should be uh, chalking up some results. 
Yeah, and and as we've said all along, you know, to to have a bit of variety, which I think we we had options on the bench for Wolves, but we didn't necessarily have the the firepower we could have done with to, you know, with fifteen minutes to go to actually put our foot on the gas a little bit more and go. Actually, we're going to kill the game here, like we did against Everton. Yeah, I was just about to mention that. Yeah, Everton was when we had proper options on the bench. Uh, I think some, you know, when you looked at our bench against Wolves, you're actually ah, yeah, so where where has everybody gone? Because we were feeling quite smug uh, yeah. in, the, in the games before that with what we could bring on, but suddenly uh, it was looking a bit uh, old school last season kind of bench. Yeah, and I think of not having necessarily a game change. You know, you, you didn't have Buendia coming off the bench that he'd done previously. You didn't have Bailey or a Traore, and we didn't use El Ghazi. And the fact that, you know, probably all three substitutes that Smith made, they were all forced upon him, weren't they? None of them were tactical changes. Yeah. They were all like for likes. Uh, in terms of Arsenal, people, people writing them off early doors but uh, you know they were it's not as if they had a their first three fixtures weren't the easiest no exactly yeah they they came up against difficult teams and they've kind of beaten teams since that you'd probably expect them to get results with you'd say they're probably about par for the course actually yeah I mean if you take the last six games uh, as uh, that's traditionally the uh, the form they're actually fifth in the in the table at the moment in that in that six games uh, you know after they got beat by Chelsea which was the last of their uh, first three games they beat Spurs beat Norwich drew against Palace yeah they didn't look great against Palace to be honest uh, against Spurs, Spurs weren't the greatest, and you know Norwich was only one nil. So it's you know it is a team in transition, and the, you know there's a few youngsters in there, but it's uh, it's still dangerous. And I would say they would be the favourites going into this game, considering you know Villa have uh, lost their last two. I, I think so. It's probably more of a difficult game than people anticipate, because I think Arsenal will see Villa as a bit of a sitting duck at the moment. Yeah, Smith said people are saying uh, they were in crisis. This is Arsenal uh, after their first three games of the season, and that was with a COVID nineteen outbreak in their camp for the first game and games against the league champions and European champions. They've come back as we all expected they would. They've drawn the last couple of games, so we can take some heart in that. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. 
there's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. I mean, the, the win against Spurs, for them, uh, I suppose, is the only... But, it, you know, it's a local derby. They're going to be up for that. But I, I, I'm not seeing any wow factor fr- from their results. I mean, the drop point against Palace I mean they did well I suppose to uh, get that point in the end yeah I, th- I think Arsenal have still got you know one or two players you think on their day they can hurt anybody and they've they showed that last season you know they were crap still managed to finish above us which when I mean you were both annoyed at yeah. I still am the fact that they've still got guys who can hurt you means they're not to be underestimated I just think as a unit they're not the force they once were you know through the Wenger era yeah well that goes without saying but I think you know last season when uh, when we put them to the sword and you know we had oh, five six points uh, on them, uh, and this is before the, you know, before December I think, and we were ahead against Leeds, and uh, you know I remember putting out a tweet saying we will be disappointed if we don't finish above Arsenal and Leeds this season, and uh, lo and behold, that would mean you would be finishing in the top half, but that just shows you how Villa flunked it, and you would expect that I wouldn't be saying the same thing. I mean, this is the context of this game. I wouldn't be saying the same statement now that we would be disappointed if we didn't finish above Arsenal. So, uh, you know, we're very much the underdogs going into this game. We're almost like back to tradition. Yeah, possibly. I think it's it's probably two kind of equally clunky, sort of inconsistent sides who don't quite know where they're at at the moment. But saying that, you wouldn't be surprised if if, uh, you beat Arsenal because, you know, the track record is pretty good in terms of uh, the last few games. I mean, you know, that is the the key stat of this game. Villa obviously won the last three against the Gunners, but we've also, um, we've kept three clean sheets in those games. Arsenal have failed to score in all those matches. And that's against our back four. So uh, that's the interesting thing is, uh, will he go for that three again? In terms of centre-backs, because our original setup was working well against Arsenal. And I think with Arsenal, as we would said through last season, they're actually the kind of team that suits the way we wanted to play. We wanted to be aggressive. We could hit them on the break. There was obviously probably one of my favourite goals of last season was our breakaway goal at Arsenal, the, the yeah. Watkins goal, which was brilliant. But in terms of the back three, he's going to play it, isn't he? Yeah, I think so. It's, it'll be interesting to see how that one matches up because Arsenal aren't one of those like mean sides, I don't think. So potentially, if we can get on the ball, I still think we've got enough, more than enough quality to hurt them. And then if we've got a little bit of firepower off the bench we can go and hurt them. It will probably, again, come down to how our back, our back line performs because Arsenal's back line aren't great either. No, I mean, you know, there's lots of threes in that yes. uh, in that stat and the, the one three that I'm uh, most concerned about and especially with Arsenal failing to score in all the last three games against us is will Matt Target make it a hat-trick of own goals, stroke deflections, stroke misfortune, you know, call it what you want. So how do you want to dress up the pig is the question. <laughs> But uh, I would be subbing Matt Target off, you know, 10 minutes to go, just, just to be in, sure. Just in case, <laughs> Ashley Young on at left back. Especially if it's a clean sheet at that point uh, in time. I think, literally, literally, you know, you're going to have Martinez going back there, who I'm sure will get a good reception, obviously going back with, with fans for the first time. But he'll be bang up for this game, won't he? And it'll be interesting to see if he tries to shit out his old team. See, that seems to be the theme of his last, like, since the summer, really. I think this, this will have to be clinical to to uh, have a chance of winning this game. And, uh, you know, there's people, two complaints. Uh, people start to question playing two up front, which is kind of predictable. There's no patience, is there? And also people questioning the midfield. Now, in its pomp, the... The three at the back, five uh, across the midfield. If you know, if you're including the wing backs, actually, uh, when it was work, you know, against United, whatever, it, it did give us balance and it gave us a, a foothold higher up the pitch. So I think when it works, it works. That that's not a problem. I mean, 
you can't blame it for the Wolves game. It's just that last 10 minutes of, uh, you know, madness. It's- Guys not doing their jobs. You, you can't vouch for that. And Smith, there's only so much Smith can do. As soon as they go over the white line, it's it's on it's on the players and senior players to manage the game. The manager cannot manage the game in-game, can he? You know, as we've said, in terms of those front two, they've been in a position where for, for a majority of the time, I mean, you know, Watkins missed the first first few games, but they haven't had the provider really, and that's then that's either a Buendia or a Bailey, and Bailey hasn't even started this season. Even the maverickness of someone like a Traore or an El Ghazi who can make stuff happen. They played within quite a functional setup, and that is the uh, that's the thing that has concerned me a little bit. But then again, it's you know it's horses for courses with these players out. You've got to kind of set up in a way that uh, provides you with the best chance of you know winning a game or countering the, the opposition. And uh, in this respect, we've seen quite a functional setup without these glitter players uh, being available and you know this reliance on uh, set pieces. But n- they will benefit from uh, the likes of Buendia or Bailey or Truro opening up the game a bit and wrong-footing the opposition and you know creating more space and giving uh, Watkins and Ings a chance to, uh, you know, run onto things so uh, I wouldn't be judging them as a front two and you know getting knee jerky and saying oh we're not going to have to go for you know we're going to have to just play one up front now judge it when all the pieces are in play because they went to buy Buendia Ings and Bailey to play together I mean at the moment we're, we're lucky if there's, if there's one of them in the team uh, yeah, so who's, far who's fit and yes. let alone firing. <laughs> so uh, there's that's when judgment day comes in. Um, I've I've seen enough so far to suggest that we've got enough of those signings and enough in our team that this can still be a really good team and can be a successful season. But we always thought, certainly we did from the the podcast side, that we said the first half of the season is going to be a bit clunky. We've had a very disruptive summer with various things, be it the transfer market, COVID, injuries galore, change of system. It's almost like you almost have to give them a pass up until Christmas and then we'll really have to put the foot down. You just if, if you want to achieve things after Christmas, you're gonna to have to be kind of in the mix and not too far, you know, adrift. But but bearing in mind what we've achieved before under Smith being way back, you know, you never quite know. Look at where look at the gap, as you said earlier, the gap that Arsenal had on us and Leeds, and they ended up finishing above us. So Yeah. We just have to kind of dig in a little bit through these sticky periods. Yeah, you just you're just hoping uh, over November and December. There's seven games now in December that uh, we are in a, a reasonable position. Let's say even if it's just mid table to then uh, have a platform to you know strike strike for home from, and, yeah. and you know that's essentially it. Yeah, you want to be upwardly mobile. We're not going to win the league. We're unlikely to get in the Champions League, but beyond that, as long as you're, uh, I mean, this, you know, uh, you know, as you just mentioned, you can make runs. You know, if you string three or four wins together. I mean, geez, look at what Newcastle did at the end of last season when they were like in a relegation dogfight. Was it twelfth or thirteenth? Ended up finishing. Had a crazy run of form. Yeah, so there's no need to sack Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought we'd he get, was, I thought we'd get through this without mentioning that. You know how Bruce is. Once the daffodils come up, that's when uh, that's when he kicks into overdrive. <laughs> that's what we're doing with El Ghazi at the moment. You know, wait until March, and he's he's going to be ready. He's going to be rested, ready, and it'll bang up for it. <laughs> Right, a new segment of something for the weekend is, uh, we'll provisionally call it Who Are We Poaching? To stay within the uh, preview vibe of the show, Who Are We Poaching is essentially uh, which player from the opposition would we take to improve uh, the situation uh, in terms of Villa's first eleven. 
well, uh, we've already poached Martinez from them, which uh, went a long way to uh, improving improving the first 11. Then perhaps we intercepted them getting Buendia, which uh, hopefully will improve our first 11 uh, down the line this season. But of the current Arsenal team, who would you uh, pick to improve matters? It's interesting one, that, isn't it? Because... You can't even have to think about what do we currently need or what are we currently lacking. I think uh, because Saka can play at fullback and uh, he's, he's been playing kind of wide on, on either flank actually for Arsenal. So in terms of if you want to get some real purchase from this uh, 3-5-2 scenario, I think he would, as one of the wingbacks either side, would uh, give us some a bit more, let's say... Uh, Fire. It'd certainly give you versatility because you could pretty much play him anywhere along the front line as well. But in terms of uh, making that the wing back position with, you know, having like real, real pace and uh, giving the opposition something more to think about, and it's basically you're upgrading, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. And then if we switch to four at the back, then you've got a decent, uh, you know, if you had him one at one side and Bailey on the other and you could be swapping them in and out, it would be uh, pretty inv- dangerous. Inverted wingers. It would be pretty uh, pretty dangerous, so I would go for that. And obviously, you know, age is on his side. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree, I'd agree with that. I mean, you know, you can talk about Mbangi and when he's in form. It's kind of easy. like I said, but I don't. You know, people are moaning about having two very good strikers at the moment and wanting yeah. to only play one of them. So I don't think we really need. I mean, you got Archer coming through, but Saka, just from the age point of view, I, I would say uh, would probably be the key asset. I mean, Smith Rowe, I don't know how how serious we were in terms of wanting to buy him because I just think I think with players like that you think well good player fair enough who would you play him over though yeah and also if he's that good there's no way Arsenal are letting go of a young player that's coming through their ranks (laughs) and if he's that good he's not leaving Arsenal for Villa yeah, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. That was that just seemed like uh, he had a contract to sign, and it sounded like his agent was just trying to create some bidding war, add an extra zero to the weekly paycheck, and maybe making out to uh, Villa that oh yeah, no, there's actually a possibility here. He's not that you know, he's not that happy. Arsenal aren't playing ball. Uh, so you don't know how that goes. The way the media present it is another thing because it's in their interest to make it a real ongoing saga and string that one out as long as possible but in reality you know there's just no way i saw him going to uh, villa if he was any good and then if he's not that good why would villa want him and spend you, silly cause, yeah. money because what would he get in your team over you know buendia mcginn whoever else probably not louise even yeah so yeah I, I, i'd probably go second anyway so uh that's the new segment so uh saka see you next season son or maybe in the january window right it's time to uh say goodbye uh, thank you very much uh, to the uh, patrons that have signed up uh, in the last few days that uh, we'll give you a shout out in the next main show if you want to join us in match club for the arsenal game and also uh get access to uh, the extra podcast channel etc go to myoldmansaid.com and uh, click on the patron link for more details this show is also supported by free trade the commission free trading app so if you want to uh, get on board and uh, start your long-term wealth portfolio of shares or EFTs rather than gambling or anything like that you can go to freetrade.io slash moms and uh, as soon as you set up an account and fund it you will uh, get a free share between the value of three pounds to 200 pounds so the link will be in the uh 
the show description and I'll also put it up on social media. And don't forget, uh, as with any investing, your capital is at risk. Right, off we go. Friday night shenanigans in Match Club. Ahoy. Any final words? It's kind of, we're in the middle of this run of games, aren't we? Obviously, you know, Tottenham, Wolves, Arsenal, West Ham are all teams you'd like to think will be in our little batch of clubs come the end of the season. So, again, it's another gauge of where we're at. You know, we haven't fared particularly well against Tottenham and uh, and Wolves so far, so we could do with something at Arsenal. You, so, he'll take a point. To... He'll take a point, Chris Bird. We'll take a point. I want the Is win. That... <laughs> Is that the conclusion? I want to go there and win again. Right. Until the next main show, it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from him. Goodbye. days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com and there it is that's as good as it gets on this stage nissan townstar ev strikes again it's an unstoppable van unstoppable Look, just fantastic you can actually see the pro pilot technology in action effortless parallel parking it moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty and with a bench full of all-star van experts there's real strength in depth here that's all-star quality search nissan townstar ev and visit your local all-star van center to see for yourself Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.